The following show will contain spoilers, but trust us, you'll want to hear about it anyway. Christ! We're not hunting him! He's hunting us! Welcome to Subversive Cinema. I have known you since you were a kid, Ricky. Ever since you were seven and eight years old, you've shown superhuman strength. Disrespectful conduct, flippant and tasteless verbal remarks. No, no, I'm afraid that they wouldn't approve of that at all. Greetings and welcome to the show. It's your host, Art, here to be your purveyor of the peculiar wrangler of the weird and Sherpa to the strange. And at Subversive Cinema, we look at the weird, wacky, and just downright wrong entries in cinema's history, and we try to figure out what makes these movies so special, for better or for worse. And I call that the subversive sauce, and we do that by breaking down the characters, story, and what the fuck factor. And today, my disclaimer from the beginning is that this particular movie was one of the ones that inspired me to actually go pick up a camera and make my very first film. It is 1996's Tromeo and Juliet, directed by the heir apparent of schlock and B-cinema, Lloyd Kaufman, and written by Mr. Kaufman, as well as James Gunn. Yes, that James Gunn. And it is just so much fucking fun. And to talk about it, my dear friend, new to the show, but not to my heart, Julian. Julian, let them hear you talk, and then perhaps they'll see why I brought you on to discuss something inspired by Shakespeare. Thank you so much for having me, Art. Yes, uh, I had the pleasure of having Art on my podcast. Um, and we we had a hilarious time going over Indian in the cupboard. So I'm fairly certain this is your revenge. Oh, uh, to to somehow I didn't think a movie could traumatize me. I thought I'm I'm 35. <laughs> there's a lot there's a lot that could happen in this movie that I I had frankly forgotten a little bit about and I was like, "Oh, I, that's that I remember that now." And yes, there's a lot of uh potentially traumatizing moments. <laughs> this movie has everything in the yeah. worst best possible way <laughs> it is I you, remarkable it, it is and it's funny i have not seen this movie in a very long time but in watching it i realized just how many things about it informed my decisions when making my first movie the money shot <laughs> from the style of humor to some of the not the, not the jokes directly but the spirit of some of the jokes and it's just, and man, it's, ah. and also the other thing I should let everybody know, Julian and I watched the unrated version of this film. It's about six or so minutes longer than the one that you'll usually get on streaming, which is an hour 47. This is about an hour 54 or so. And uh, you can tell, I'm sure we'll talk about it as you see that the quality suddenly drops when we get to a deleted scene they put in, like the audio is a little sketchy and then it looks very grainy and then it cuts back. Is that why there are random color? Yes. Uh, there are random color changes? Okay, that explains yes, it's it. Yes, those are deleted scenes because I remember as I was watching, I was like, wait, I don't remember this sequence. <laughs> and and it stuck with me and there's some pretty magical things that they cut out that they put back Does that in include this. the alternate ending? Uh, well, which seems to be at the same time as well, the We'll get to that but that's a dream and they cut it because it made it it wasn't clear. 
So oh, that's see. why. So okay. we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. But yeah. So just so you know, that's the version. <laughs> I think you can get that. It's uh, I believe the 10th anniversary version is the unrated one. But we'll talk about where you can get the movie. Let's just dive right in. This movie, Tromeo and Juliet. <laughs> to anybody just, who is familiar with B cinema, trash cinema, the name Troma comes to top of mind. They have literally staked their fucking flag into that ground since the 90s and on. And I don't, and hell, they late 80s and have never been dethroned. So, Tromeo and Juliet, it's a story about two warring families, two star-crossed lovers, some graphic violence, and a whole lot of boobs. And here we're going to get right into it. So, Julie, let me ask you this. First, had you ever heard of this movie? I had not. No. Great. And are you glad I made you watch it? (laughs) I'm conflicted. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Perfect answers. It's going to it's going to take I think a few weeks for for me to get over it I think. Um it's... It, there is a lot to process, I'll grant you that. <laughs> <laughs> to describe my experience, I I had to keep getting up and walking around to watch this movie. I I could not sit down and engage 100% of my attention on it because it just repeatedly finds new ways to make you feel uncomfortable. <laughs> You know, you that, can't even sort of have too much fun watching it because it'll it'll introduce something uncomfortable. Well, be it uh, watching an actual nipple piercing on camera to <laughs> seeing a mouse being fed to, a, I guess, a Komodo dragon or something to perhaps a monster penis. And... Oh, my goodness me. I was getting to that. They had far too much access to practical effects on this movie. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when... When you talk about, you know, uh, pregnancy popcorn rats. Yes. And Fabio monster penis. And (laughs) the list goes on, Um, you know, to drug-induced pig-faced long gray penis. Oh, yes. (laughs) You know they have too much access to practical effects. The makeup effects guy... It is is just there all the time, and he really shouldn't be. Oh, it was wonderful! So wonderful. <laughs> let's let's start breaking this subversive sauce down, shall we? So, any characters stand out to you, and why? Well, I had to think about this quite a lot um, because I am actually going to give a shout out to um, to Fart Dad. Yes, Monty Q. <laughs> because you just know they wanted to give him a characteristic, but all they could come up with is flatulence. That is that is that is the bedrock of making a character pop, you know. Oh, dude! In my book, that is dire- the shortest distance between between the joke and the punchline for me. Uh, <laughs> y- you mean you mean this fellow right here? Draw me out. Tromeo! Wherefore thou thou Tromeo? That's the one. I mean that just that just sums up what's happening to Shakespeare here. <laughs> oh, that must have also cut both ways. Like you're seeing them do something totally different with the bard's words, and also <laughs> seeing them do something totally different with the bard's words <laughs> i mean don't get me wrong the bard loved his you know highly suggestive highly you know 
over the top, you know, gore at times, but there is absolutely no finesse in the way it's done. <laughs> it's not just what you put in your movie, it's how you do it. And a fart <laughs> right after that line, just mwah, chef's kiss. Yes. <laughs> One thing that trauma excels at is inserting farts and uh, various uh, bathroom sound effects at wonderful, wonderful times. Oh, my goodness. I mean, the it, I, I spoke about too much access to practical effects, but we've got to talk about the Foley effects, too. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, just to illu illustrate my point, I'm going to um, scratch my head and go, b -b -b boing. Oh, yes. Uh, dude, anytime a boob comes out, it's like, boing. <laughs> right down to his to his cow costume at the yeah, party. Yeah, just like constantly mooing. It's a, and the Velcro. Yeah. When every turns on and like, off. Oh, then you hear the pop. <laughs> they love making it like a real cartoon. It's it it's, was a real cartoon. Like I said, everything. This goes from softcore porn to you know dark drama with a yeah. traumatic relationship between father and daughter, abusive relationship, and being shut in a room. To I mean, to action, to gratuitous macabre, to this is your brain on drugs commercial. <laughs> it, it goes the full spectrum you want daytime tv shitty drama we have it for you right here you want extreme you know tarantino-esque comedy we've got your head just jammed in that window and we're driving down the street <laughs> and, a, and a pigtail's coming off Oh, baby, you came Which to the right place. We also have to throw out some props. That particular character, Sammy Capulet, was played by Sean Gunn. So not only, you know, James has been putting his brother in everything since the very beginning. And a, it, shout, out, a shout out to that character as well. Sammy you know, is just... so ridiculous. Uh, he is such a fucking delightful creep. And now here's the funny thing is there's a lot of characters that I can see the analog you know and who they were supposed to be off the play but he's the one i don't remember like i couldn't tell who that was supposed to be do you do you happen to know i believe that was supposed to be the capulet who is killed um in shakespeare and is supposed to lead to the revenge of uh, so it's supposed to start tybalt off on his thing which leads to mercutio i believe so well, this is what makes Sammy so fucking wonderful. Hey, hey, Georgie. I have some crystal meth in my underwear. Let's go down to the men's bathroom and snort it on up. Fuck you, Sammy. Come on, Georgie. Maybe you'll get lucky, you know what I mean? I'm your sister. You're not supposed to do that. Not to me. But hey, you know, the way the world is now, we've got gangbangers. We've got perverts, we've got anorexia. Everything's in style. If we just throw a little incest into the mix, pretty soon the world will be like one great big hobbit. I, I don't see anything wrong with that. And it's kind of funny because there's a, there's a, it, you know, hey, I throw the spoiler alert in the beginning of the show for a reason. Uh, that's a bit of foreshadowing. It is. Not even five minutes in. Hashtag bring back incest. I mean, it's it's just the next thing on the plate. Exactly. <laughs> it just, it just it makes the world like one big hug. I mean, yeah, it just it sets the tone. It really oh, yeah. does. Absolutely. So Sammy's a good one. I I adore him. 
And I got a call out. He was always my favorite character in the actual play. And so it's no surprise that he also translated very well into this. And it is Mercutio, who in this version, it's Murray Martini. And I love the sequence in the play where Tybalt is instigating, saying, you know, what do you have to say? Do you have something to say to me? He's like, well, I have one word. And then he goes on this litany of insults. But of course, they have to update it for 1996 as <laughs> such. A word for Tyrone Capulet. Can I take this, Tyrone? Oof, boy. <laughs> Dick brain? Pia. Freak. Cocksucker. Loser, rat, catcher, geek. Doofus, anus, fruitcake, lunk. Fiddlefucker, dweeb, feeb. Con. Assfuck. That one's close to the mark. How about guinea, schmuck, pussy fart? <laughs> you finished yet? No, not quite. Oh, you're Dildo, bird brain, bugger me, bitty. Bozo, fruitcake, motherfucking sissy. Wanker, yellow belly, ho daddy, weenie. Penis, troll, chucklehead, meanie. Fruit, galoot, fink, hermaphrodite. <laughs> but what I think fits you most, it's bitch. <laughs> Isn't about to be mine. <laughs> and then he proceeds to pee on him. It's and he does up peeing on him. <laughs> and it's so funny because you got Tibble or Tyrone in this who carries around like a fucking staff that has Hitler's head on it. And the back is a little spike. I like to call it like Adolf Mjolnir because that's sort of <laughs> what it is here. It's this little, this little war hammer, which, which of course, then, yeah, he uses to beautifully well. And he, he gets a nice little elaborate uh, speech after about how painful it is. Which is quite delightful. Oh, yes. And then that's when you find that he actually was in love with Romeo, which I'm trying to remember. I think that might have been in the play. I don't remember off the top of my head, but it's been a while since I've seen it. But man, this is movie. So I love I love uh, Murray. I will also give some credit to Father Capulet because, as you said, you know, he's this abusive <sighs> shitbag. But my God, you know, the rule, Julian, you are an accomplished writer. Is it true that they say... When you write your bad guys, write them as bad as you can or as, ca as you know, as bad as can be, like make them <laughs> fucking evil. Well, this guy is so fucking off the mark, man. He is just a sadist. He's an abuser. It's it's he's just so fucking evil. I have a I have a new rule for writing my antagonists and any aspiring writers out there. Please take this rule to heart and bring it with you into every script. Give your antagonist a crossbow yes and make sure the bolts explode <laughs> <laughs> oh my I mean, goodness what what can be better than and more villainous than you know uh, poor juliet wakes up from a nightmare only to find her father in a speedo laying next to her Ooh. and he then gives her this bit of thought you horny little cow Probably dreaming of getting fucked in the ass. Hmm? <laughs> but pluck. <laughs> you and your teenage punk rock friends, and all of those juices coming out of every orifice in your body. <laughs> <laughs> 
He chews the fucking scenery, man. Oh, it, my but it's so sense. much fun to watch, man. He fucking commits. William Beckwith is the actor playing Happy Capulet. This this character is introduced to us by, you know, after shooting at some at some not Capulet, I guess, cues. Um, he uh, he then proceeds to turn to his wife and beat her. And the way it's directed is hilarious. <laughs> That's true. Because there's the, <laughs> the judo flip. It does the judo flip. It's like clearly a stunt man. <laughs> exactly. But what, what really gets gets you about this movie is that because of the macabre and the intense drama of, of psychologically being under this sort of horrific abuser, contrasted with the campiness of the rest of the film, means it's even more uncomfortable because you can't laugh. Yeah. And the softcore porn means with the, you know, horrific, you know, monster penis means you can't get an erection. So it's, uh, it's <laughs> like you're being manipulated into <laughs> a certain way and then it fucks you over. And it, it oh, I'm sorry <laughs> if you're not allowed to swear on your podcast, but it, oh, it, of course, <laughs> it screws with you. It, 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 like no, I no, said, it fucks with you really well. So, yeah. <laughs> and I, that's. And I think that's what I loved about it. Watching this was it here when I saw this. I think I saw it at a, a festival in Baltimore in like 2000. So the movie was only like four years old. And I was just like, this looks like a movie, but it doesn't. You know, it's like, but it's for the time. I mean, they shot it on film. They did what they, you know, they made this thing for, you know, I don't know, 300,000 bucks or whatever. But it was like, it just made me, and then the, the way they tell the story, how they're juxtaposing like this crazy, just bad, terrible content with like this utter fart driven comedy. It's just like, wait, anything's possible. These movies do it, exist. It's very true. And, you know, we, we talk about, you know, you asked me to pick two or three characters, but I've also got to give a shout out to self-maiming boyfriends. Uh, oh yes uh london every time every time he, he gets you know in if he people don't think he's pretty he starts cutting himself or beating his his head against a, a the bowels of a pig which was and... gnarly because that was an actual pig carcass and when he opened it you could see a couple giblets still hanging in there oh, fuck and he Jesus stuck his Christ. fucking head in the side and pedophile monk who comes to the yes! rescue with okay the... okay so <laughs> That was we're, I'm gonna come back to that on the on the what the fuck, but that was a that was a deleted scene when you see his memory of a relationship they cut that from the so this was my first time seeing it and my <laughs> wife was with my son hanging out in the other part of the living room they weren't watching and I just oh started laughing I started <laughs> laughing so fucking hard when that happened i had to i had to pause the movie and explain because it was so out of left field and so grossly inappropriate but i i do like london <sighs> arbuckle the fiance purely because of what you just said moments like this you think i'm ugly don't you no i don't london So 
So you just got to beat yourself up when you think you're ugly. I mean, the metaphor is clear. I'm a writer. I beat my, I do this in my head every day (laughs) before I'm creative. And now because I've seen this movie, maybe I'll be kinder to myself because I've seen it vividly on screen because it is that ridiculous. If there's a, if there's a lesson you can take out of this movie and it's hard, trust me, (laughs) it is from this guy that that is your self-criticism. So go out in the world every day and remember that every time you criticize yourself, every time you feel depression, every time you put yourself down, you are being this guy. You are beating your head against the inside of a pig. Wow. I bet the listeners <laughs> listeners did not bet that they would take away some major life-changing advice like that. I, I'm pretty sure that's why you brought me, right? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> that and also because of the dulcet tone of your voice. <laughs> anyway, thank you. The the uh, last character I want to point out, I, I would be remiss if I didn't bring up any side characters because that's what I always do in this show, the ones that we don't pay attention to, would be the sex phone operator at 1-900-HUNK. And <laughs> so you have Tromeo and Juliet who are supposed to be talking on the phone later in a particular day after they've already met, they've hooked up and they're in love and he keeps calling her, but the line's busy. And that's because she's calling one of these sex lines. And the man on the other end of the phone is a very, very large dude who's just eating. And this is the caliber of his sex talk. Yippee-yahoo! Sing it to the world! Tromeo's coming inside of Ferris! Yippee-yahoo! You done? Oh, yeah, sing it to the world! Tromeo's coming! Uh, in his defense, that's, that's you know, the substance and the backbone behind my relationship. Ooh, buzzing. <laughs> Are you done? <laughs> you done? Uh, coincidentally, keep listening to the show. We'll be talking about that actor again in the final episode of this season, which is Poultry Geist, Night of the Chicken Dead, where he plays Subway's Jared. So that's fun. And it's clearly, it's one of my favorite scatological sequences in a movie ever and we already talked about solo on this show so come on okay so let's see so lots of memorable characters you know that's fantastic let's move on to the story shall we so the story did it make sense to you and uh did did it feel did it feel good feel good (laughs) i feel like i've expressed my feelings yes you do feel like you're a little dirty i understand (laughs) but I initially, because of that dual epilogue ending, mm-hmm. um, I initially thought it didn't. Yep. I thought those were two different endings, both tacked on. So I would have said no, knowing that it's a dream sequence. Yes. And the moral of the story is why not incest? <laughs> it, hey fuck it is what they said look <laughs> at the end they they have three kids two of them maybe growing faces on the sides of their heads 
But the third one is a perfectly normal baby. So, so long as the person you're incestuous with, you know, isn't abusive, why not? Exactly. Hey, you know, they're in love. It's worked for n a number of monarchies in the past to keep the bloodline pure, right? I mean, we're going back a few hundred years here, but yeah, it, it's worked. I mean, I, I, I had to make sure that the morals keep coming and, you know, the giving <laughs> right. a nice, warm, lighthearted moral means I have to destroy that immediately. And, you know. Yes, of course. Of course. <laughs> I I think uh, I have to say for me personally, again, I, I am a bit biased because I have such a connected memory from my youth with this movie. But from the very beginning where you got fucking Lemmy from Motorhead acting as the narrator in the grimy streets of New York in, in so New York in the nineties here. It's, it just sets it up and it does go act by act. And I tell you, for the most part, I feel like, yes, they play fast and loose with a lot of shit in the narrative, you know, like Juliet didn't have a lesbian affair with her nurse, but you know, <laughs> anything's possible, but this kept the spirit of two warring houses and two star-crossed lovers, and they fed in a, like I said, the fair amount of boobs and some graphic violence along the way, as, as well as some, you know, obvious uh, parental abuse and a bit of pedophilia here and there. Uh, but it, it, to me, it tracked. It made sense. I mean, I, there was no difficulty in following the story. It took a couple sharp turns that were fun, such as the reveal <laughs> that they're brother and sister, which is great, because they, they first make their huge shift from the traditional narrative by purely having them kick the shit out of Capulet and killing him, which, mm -hmm. you know, and then they run off happy, happily ever after together, only to find out that they're related. So that's a fun twist that I remember when I first saw it, I was like, holy shit, that's insane, you know? <laughs> and then seeing the deleted scene this time at the very end, I was like, whoa, wait a minute. So now they're going back to the to the play's ending. And then you see it was all a dream. And yes, the transition was not terribly clear. And I think that's, again, why they cut it. Because I did remember that, wait, I thought they lived happily ever after with mutant children. And then, ah, there's the mutant children. <laughs> so story made sense for me. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they had, you know, it was on visible on set. They had the Yale Shakespeare. Became that, whole, yeah. That's all. another fun thing about this movie is how many little, I don't, I don't know if you can call them Easter eggs because there weren't really hidden. They were just there. I mean, yeah, he ended up hitting fucking Capulet with the fucking book. <laughs> I think Juliet did. Was that him or Juliet? I forgot. But somebody hit uh, Capulet with I think the book. It was, I think it was Tromeo. I think. Yeah. So they they take, a, take the book to the face, the Yale Shakespeare right to him. And uh, that was delightful. Uh, very, very subtle imagery, right? Very, <laughs> is that what you would call subtext? I don't know. Well, yeah, it's what I grew up with. I grew up in England, so I got smacked with Yale Shakespeare every day of the week. That's just... <laughs> fantastic. Actually, no, it was, Ox it was Oxford Shakespeare, but still. I was going to say, I figured like Yale, I've never read the Yale, but uh, Oxford is <laughs> synonymous. Uh, that and the folios, right? So, But yeah, I mean, the, the story, yeah, it, it did make sense. Uh, it was just, it was purely what I was going to say. It was just that dual ending just, just threw, me, yeah. threw me for a loop. And the Motorhead, I do, we do have to talk about, you know, Lemmy from Motorhead because <laughs> somehow they get him to be the most like a act like a seven-year-old doing a play 
Uh, and this is a heavy metal guy, right? How can you tone down the emotions that low in a guy like Lemmy from Motorhead? Well, I mean... That takes skill, right? It does. I mean, let's see here, so... Two households, different as dried plums and pears in fair Manhattan, where we lay our scene. Two homes adrift in hate for 20 years, a score, a wash in sin for long deprived of dreams. Once long ago, they planted seeds of hate, which bloomed to constant battles for revenge. Soon murder was the awful commonplace. And everything once real seemed like pretend. You know, it's funny, though, because watching it, you could tell that he's reading cue cards off the off camera. So for all I know, they might have just saw him on the street and said, hey, do you want to be in this movie? And they just record all these lines. That's or what I was thinking, too. They're like, you know, he's on his way to the bar and they're like, hey, 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 you know, like, look, we talked to your agent. He said you have like 15 minutes. Can you just record this part? <laughs> I mean, there is a part of me that likes to think this was all very well rehearsed. And they kept saying, Lemmy, Lemmy, you're at an eight right now. I need you at a one. I need you (laughs) awkward. Yes, I need you to bring it down. Remember, less is more. Less (laughs) is more. (laughs) Oh, geez. Well, let's let's get into that fun stuff then, all right? Let's really get into the meat and potatoes of what makes movies subversive or not. But what the fuck factor? So clearly you have to have a couple, you know, uh, uh, moments that probably made you take a pause and say, what the fuck? Oh, in spades. I mean, I, I don't think anything anything can beat uh, pregnancy popcorn rats. Yes. That's, that's, that's just got to top it. That's pretty solid. I had actually forgotten about that. I remembered the... How could you possibly forget about it? Dude, one, again, once I started seeing it, I was like, yes, that's right. But I, Because I remembered very clearly the monster penis nightmare, but the the popcorn pregnancy stomach with rats and maggots and shit, that was one I was like, oh, it totally slipped my mind. I mean, it was very close with Fabio, monster penis, and, um, and uh, oh yeah, the uh, alien maggot in the in the butcher shop oh yes that's like hey we found this over here <laughs> what do we put it in with the hot dogs <laughs> god bless america that's right as one does <laughs> man oh, where where should i even begin i mean uh i think one that was uh delightful that i'll just start later was the this whole elaborate killing of ty where uh, he first gets his arm ripped off because he gets hit by a ladder sticking out of a car that drags him along. Then the car slams on its brakes, sends him flying into the back of a a tow bed where he gets decapitated. And we see his head flying through the sky. And then we are introduced to this family driving. (laughs) The kids are wearing fucking bow ties and pastels. And they're singing. Found a peanut, found a peanut just now. Just now I found a peanut, found a peanut just now. I cracked it open, cracked it. And the head lands on the car. (laughs) (laughs) And instantly the kids think it's the funniest goddamn thing. And the parents are horrified. 
unbelievable that we have to have a shout out to some of the extras because they are fantastic we, we have this family we also have the uh dad who's trying to teach his daughter how to cross the street oh she's like he says sidewalk safe streets are dangerous and then he gets hit by a fucking car on the sidewalk it's his so daughter's good. reaction is to cross her eyes and go what Oh, it is such a trauma. That is so trauma. That just over the top. Oh, this little bit right here. Hey, sissy, remember, when crossing the street, sidewalk safe, street dangerous. Sidewalk safe, street dangerous. Very good. Okay, okay, can I go now? Yes, you can go. Slap eye cross. <laughs> it was just so perfect. It's just it's those little moments, man, that are just so. Why oh. again? It's like yeah, it's so good. It's just so good. <laughs> and now I have to go back to the one thing you mentioned early on about the priest and. <laughs> Oh man, it, it's so Juliet goes to the father to ask for help because her her own dad, Cappy Capulet, found out about her. Tromeo beat the shit out of her. Is going to make her marry London, so she goes asking for help. This is where in the play they would you know get the poison and so on and so forth. And this is the sort of exchange they have. I don't know how to thank you for all your help. It's its own reward, dear. I too know what it's like to care for somebody and then we cross fade to him dancing with a little boy in track shorts and a tank top throwing flowers happy as can be in this memory <laughs> um, hurry along girl <clears throat> hurry along <laughs> And that was, again, a deleted scene. So in the original version, it goes from her looking at him saying that and then uh, him saying, well, hurry along, hurry along. So. And this is the guy who helps Tromeo storm the castle. Yes. He, stomp he, he stomps a guy's head to mulch. He and then the cops say, you should join the force someday. And he says, do you work with children? Yeah. <laughs> so that was the extent of the, the joke. It was just that, which was bad enough. But then to have him dancing, <laughs> fucking kid. Oh my god! Oh my god! There, oh, it hurts so so much. I also loved Romeo early on. There's like the juxtaposition of Juliet with her nurse, who is named Ness, and they begin having their lesbian love scene while Romeo is sitting at home and pops in an interactive porn DVD. <laughs> to uh, watch and he picks the true love video and this thing is so hilarious because it's so old and grainy and shitty and he is just he is just fucking working it he's waxing like crazy to to this sort of stuff would you like to get married married then you could see my person they love you too go ahead you can touch them i will suckle on many happy children on Mm. <laughs> His climax consists of saying, I love you, I love you, I love you. 
I know, you know, as much as I know about the movie business, I would not consider myself an expert. But I can I can guarantee you that there's one thing that gets butts and seats. And it's a guy masturbating to a video game. That's goddamn right, sir. <laughs> I tell you what, I'm pretty sure I read that in Save the Cat and <laughs> <laughs> and in uh, McKee's, what is it, story? McKee's story, yeah. <laughs> but it's, yeah, but it's you know, chapter just... 13. Man masturbating. I mean, it's, it's one of the thing McKee has to keep talking about is that people really need to stop put putting people who shit and piss in <laughs> movies because that shit's not going to get people to watch. No, no masturbation. <laughs> <laughs> I um, another one before I throw the ball back into your court that I really enjoyed was how much Romeo's initial girlfriend, I think her name was Rosie was just 100% cuckolding him where she he's trying to call her to you know see what's up and she is with this other dude just getting fucking plowed while she's on the phone <laughs> with him and she does every effort she can to make it sound sincere right yeah i'm thrilled really chummy i'm like really thrilled uh, uh, I'm just making the costume for, for, uh, for Cap Caplet's, you know, costume party, his bash. Uh. You got invited to that? Yes! <laughs> I mean, I don't know about you, but when I make a costume, oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. and I can tell you what, that sequence right there, is something that I definitely pulled some inspiration for Money Shot in a scene where my <laughs> character is uh, having sex with its chick and she's just so disinterested. Like I transposed <laughs> like the conversation she's having with Tromeo with the act of as if he was the one doing it. And it, yeah, so I, I it was amazing how many things <laughs> I remembered watching this movie. So uh, what other <laughs> things stood out to you? Oof, oh, where to begin? I know, I mean, right? um... <laughs> Oh yes, uh, I think I think we've we've also got to point out that you know you pointed out the um, calling up the sex worker who's a fat guy eating a pizza, um, but when uh, Tromia finally does get through, he's shitting. Yes, he's sitting on the toilet with the telephone between his legs, <laughs> <laughs> and she has such a great response to that <laughs> tonight. Yes. Yes. What's that noise? <laughs> I mean, it's it just sums up what they're doing to romance. It's it's amazing. It it. <laughs> Yeah, oh man if that's not what love is i don't know i, I don't want to be in it then <laughs> <laughs> that's the only love i'm interested in i'll tell you what oh my god it's, oh man yeah. uh, and, and there's there's so many things in there that i love that they have pretty much every trauma movie to date somehow represented in this film whether it be in vhs's or posters or actual oh my goodness character makeup so they got they got Toxie from Toxic Avenger, Sergeant Kabuki Man. They have the class of Nukem High. They have everything in this movie. 
we also have to talk about the final boss fight. I'm not going to call it a climax because that's going nowhere near this. <laughs> <move>. <laughs> Although, but the, the one where they just keep ratcheting up what they're doing to Mr. To the dad, yes. to the point where they smash a TV on his head, and he's he's literally a walking TV head with a crossbow, and <laughs> I mean. Ooh. And he's still alive. And then he gets them and shove she... tampons up his nose. They put hair, hair clips in yeah, his hair ears. pins in his ears. <laughs> <laughs> of course, the Yale Shakespeare across the face. That's part of it, yes. Oh yeah. But the tampons up the nose was really quite wonderful. And the <laughs> blow dryer to the mouth. Oh man. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's literally taking every tool that she had in her bedroom using it. <laughs> curling iron to the face <laughs> oh we've it's... got these props we've got a practical effects guy i say we get in there and figure it out that's it they're, 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 like they said hey you know what we still have another three pounds of latex and flesh putty let's go to town and do some crazy shit <laughs> oh yeah that's uh, that's a magical yeah. moment Oh yes, absolutely. It's it just goes on. It was, it, it almost was like, not to the extent, but it, it it was almost like the Family Guy Peter versus like the chicken thing, where <laughs> really the fight was. just kept going and going and going until the TV, and then he gets the upper hand again. But fear not, because true love <laughs> does prevail when they zap the shit out of him by plugging the TV in. So. It's good times. <laughs> oh man, this this one is uh, it's just fucking magic, man. Even even down to the incest, right to the moment where they find out that they're brother and sister, and they say, "Screw it, we're gonna do it anyway." And they drive off, and I swear I heard the song. You're the one that I want. <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> the, the, the one that I want. <laughs> cruising, ripping off in a LeBaron. It's yes. <laughs> This this magical moment is where all the romance comes back to life. That's why you can't be together. Well? Well? Sweet are the uses of adversity, which like the toad, ugly and venomous, wears yet a precious jewel in his head. Let every eye negotiate for itself and trust no agent. What are you guys talking about? Fuck it. We've come this far. <laughs> and cue right. the happiness. <laughs> oh my god. I mean, that's, that's just it. Fuck it. That's it. Fuck it. Couldn't put it better myself. So. <laughs> so let's get down to the real important question here, my friend. So how subversive was this movie? Now we do a, a scale of one to ten. So and this is just for fun. It's nothing set in stone. But, you know, let's I always like to wrap it up a bit like that. I mean, uh, the, the number I'm grasping at is a 8.753. <laughs> that is incredibly it's, specific and i appreciate it's incredibly that. specific and incredibly awkward 
and uncomfortable and doesn't fit. <laughs> doesn't fit like the uh, like the mutant monster penis in a swimming pool. So there you have it. It's pretty goddamn subversive, everybody. <laughs> So you want to know where to find this movie. I'll tell you right now, believe it or not, it's streaming on fucking Peacock. So that's pretty cool. I mean, I was about to say, you don't have to find this movie. It will find you. It will find you. (laughs) Trauma is everywhere. So you got Peacock, you got Plex, you got Pluto TV, and you have Tubi. But I also recommend just going out and getting the Blu-ray. It's going to look good. It's going to sound good. And it's just going to fucking blow your mind. Remember to look for the unrated version about an hour and 54 minutes or so. It's, it's, it's totally worth it. You know, something that I totally forgot to mention that I don't know if you bothered to look at the credits. But the guy, they had a lot of fun with the credits. These are just some of the wonderful (laughs) sections in here. And let's see. So the producers would like to take this moment to let you know we in no way endorse the use of opium. We do, however, endorse Opie from the Andy Griffith Show as a role model for those involved in the gynecological profession. (laughs) And you know what? I thought the dad driving the car looked familiar. That was James Gunn, who is the guy singing Behind a Peanut. That was James Gunn. I thought it looked like him. Oh my God, this is so wonderful. I'm looking through here and this, man, they found some really great titles for this. So here's a character name. Guy who says it will take him only two minutes to have sex. We all remember that character in the, the office. And then they went full on and they did some some um, politically correct stuff here. First they had, and these all have hash marks with them. Blind chick, scratch through. Vision impaired girl, scratch through. Woman that can't see, scratch through. Person of the female persuasion with very good hearing. (laughs) (laughs) And then they have nice man hit by car with two exclamation points. (laughs) The guy who says you got to work hard to get ahead in life and then looks at the camera. (laughs) Oh, man. Guy who got pissed off sitting around all day waiting to do a nude scene. Then we cut him out of the film. (laughs) And then they also have a section called People Who Did Not Act in This Movie, including Sandra Bullock and John Travolta, Gerard Depardieu. And they also say people who did not speak in this film, including Marcel Marceau. And then the credit guy even goes on to say, hey, you know, I do this. And I figured that the producers wouldn't mind if I slip in a personals ad. And he gives you a phone number to call if you're into water sports and have big hooters. I called that number just before this. It go, It's no, still did. in operation. Almost 30 years later, and it takes you right to a sex line. So I hope oh I have my God. <laughs> And then some oh, of the last ones that were really fun. <laughs> they start fucking with the titles of things now. So there's, you know, the camera loader. Then there's loaded, the camera crew after 2 p.m. Then there's the key grips, the key gripe, and the key grope. And then the Kung Fu grip and the super poly grip. You have the best boys, of course. Then you have the worst boy and the worst with a U boy. And then the kind of sort of okay boy. You have a cable person, a capable person. It just keeps going on. There's so many fucking, there's a script supervisor, a shit supervisor. (laughs) 
this, this credits guy has been waiting his entire life to do oh, this. Oh yeah, dude, they tell. it they took so much fun with this, and ah eh, man, I it, you know what? I need to save some of this for the people who are uh, gonna actually go and um, see this movie. Anyway, it it's fucking amazing. Wow. So there you have it, everybody. That's uh, 1996's Tromeo and Juliet. It's a wonderful piece in the Troma library. For for shits and giggles, check out the rest of the Troma work, man. Some of them are definitely not that great, but a lot of them are just fucking gold waiting to be mined by your perverted little eyes. So get out there and check them out. Uh, Julian, before we let you go, good friend, do you have anything you would like to promote? Oh, thank you so much. I, I just appreciate being on the show. But if your listeners are interested, um, or if you want to check out art on our show, you can check out Millennial Rewind. We're available on Apple Podcasts and uh, YouTube and a lot of other platforms too. Um, and yeah, his and art's episode is Indian in a Cupboard. Uh, yes, yes. So check it out, Millennial Rewind. You can find it at all good providers of podcasts, as well as bad providers of podcasts. You can find it anywhere. It's pretty good. You should check it out. And if you want to hear me go from slightly tipsy to 100% plowed into the fucking sheets, listen to that episode because um, of some behind-the-scenes the the issues uh, meant that there was a big break between initially recording and then finishing and in that time i drank i think two or three bottles of wine so it's it's lovely check if it out. you want 110 percent of art that's the episode to watch. it's full tilt me to... <laughs> oh bands there you go thank you julian it's been such a pleasure having you brother I oh thank it. you i very much appreciate it rock and roll so everybody check it out Tromeo and juliet find it at all those places but get the dvd or the blu-ray you will love it and drop me a line if you uh, you do watch it. Just let me know what you think. Show at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. And uh, I will write back, I promise. So until next time, stay subversive. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you leave us a review and a five-star rating at your preferred podcast provider. Tell a friend so they can check it out too. And follow us on Instagram at subversive underscore cinema for more content. Subversive cinema.